Welcome to the Spooky Tales podcast presented by me, John. And me, Louise. We have been fascinated by spooky goings-on since we can remember and wanted to share with you the stories that pique our interest. A big thank you to all our lovely new listeners and subscribers, especially from the United States. With a shout out to Steve for the fabulous feedback and also to Benedict Hackett and top listeners Jenny, Alexandria and Samantha. Today's story is of hauntings, possession, poltergeist, psychological manipulation and an unexpected twist. It's the spooky tale of scary sleepovers and haunted apps. So welcome to the All Hallows Eve edition. A very spooky night. So what's the story about today? It's a collection of true spooky stories taken from a fantastic book, True Ghost Stories and Hauntings, Book 3, by Erica Gammon, which I will link to in the show notes. Also from the 14 Times, a great magazine for all things strange, and the Guardian newspaper, who did an All Hallows' Eve article in 2016. Our first spooky tale is from a chap called Aaron Collins in Oregon in the USA. He tells of his first paranormal experience, which was when he was just 10 years old, back in good old 1979. And how old were you in good old 1979? I think I was 10 as well, actually. (laughs) The similar age, then. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Just coming into his prime, I think. (laughs) Oh, that was a a, a laugh that said, yes, yes, he is. good. I should take that. (laughs) Anyway, he went to a friend's house for a sleepover and they eventually got tired. Eventually. Eventually and settled down to sleep. And all was well until young Aaron had to get up to go to the bathroom to spend a penny. Or maybe it was a cent as we're in America. Or is it two cents? Depending on the exchange rate, I suppose, at the time. Yes, I'm not sure idioms are subject to exchange rates. Good point. Yes, that probably would get rather complicated, wouldn't it? Aaron had completed the transaction and was about to make the journey back to the bedroom. He had one hand on the bathroom door and the other hand on the light switch. He opened the door and was just about to turn off the light when he saw a woman dressed in a long black robe with long black hair and no face. Oh my word. I don't know, I don't, what? How could that be? Like a skull? To quote Aaron, I mean, there was skin pulled over her skull, but there was no definition of her eyes or her mouth. The only recognisable feature was the nose. Oh, that just is too spooky. Aaron was absolutely terrified and ran into his friend's room, leapt on the bed on top of their pet chihuahua who had made himself comfortable during Aaron's absence. There was a shriek and a yelp and Aaron tried to explain to his friend what had just happened. Over the years, people have asked him if it could have been his friend's mum. What? And to quote Aaron here again, No, she had short hair and a face. (laughs) The face be the more recognisable thing, okay. Well, I've heard of headless ghosts, but not faceless ghosts, unless, you know, like a skull, but not... No features at all. I know, it's really spooky, isn't it? Well, I hadn't really heard of it either. But, however, it isn't all that rare. Well, medium rare. Okay. Okay, you don't... Yes, it's not like you don't open the doors and they're just there. Oh, Oh, another another faceless faceless ghost. ghost. (laughs) 
<laughs> so the 14 Times did an article recently on the subject saying that it's actually a classic ghost trope. Oh, wow. They gave the example of the faceless white lady of Coverhithe near Lowestoft in eastern England who haunts the atmospheric ruins of a church which dangles perilously close to the eroding cliffs. There is a faceless ghost who haunts the vaults under the South Bridge in Edinburgh. Do you remember going there? Uh, no. She <laughs> <laughs> you know, we went deep underneath in a sort of big bridge thing and it was quite dirty and dank. <laughs> Will you take me to all the nice places? <laughs> I, I, remembered, I remember doing kind of cellar walks. Was that it? Yes. Yes, okay. I don't remember it being under the South Bridge. I, I, I think it was that. It just makes it sound like we were underneath the arches. <laughs> well, that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> yeah, no. I remember it. No, I remember going down a lot, like it being kind of cellars and yeah. down. Yeah, yeah no, it was. Yeah, no. Yeah, very oh, you spooky. do take me to all the nice places, <laughs> do. don't you? That was a, it. Was a tour. It wasn't just like yes. I wasn't like, oh, look, me. let's oh, go look. down this cellar. Lifting <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> up a manhole cover. What's down here, dear? <laughs> no, no. Okay, yeah. No, I do. I don't remember. You, it. I you don't, don't remember that. But you sort yeah. of remember yeah, it. Exactly. Okay. Well, I'm glad I mentioned that. <laughs> anyway, my favourite is the story from a man called Tim from Hove in South England, who was driving home one night about 11 p.m. after finishing a late shift at his job in a care home. He's a caring man. Absolutely. Caring Tim. Yes. And he was driving up a steep hill on a cold and dark night when his lights picked out a man in high leather boots, a long dark coat and wide brimmed hat. Not someone you would forget, I think. No, absolutely. He sounds almost kind of historical, doesn't he? He does. And he was striding up the hill. Tim was careful not to knock him over in the narrow road, but stopped just after he'd passed him. Not a chance. On the <laughs> steep, have done a steep, steep hill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just a nasty clutch start, isn't it? He'll yeah, start yeah. No, go on. Then. Well, the reason he stopped was he was thinking that the man's car may have broken down. As you say, caring Tim, yeah. that the, car, the man's car may have broken down and he could do with a lift on such a cold night up a devilishly steep hill. Well, he's a nicer man than I am. Well, here, I'll let Tim's words speak for themselves, and I quote, I could clearly see the figure reflected in my door mirror still striding up the side of the road towards me and brightly lit by the brake lights. And as he grew closer, I cleared my throat and prepared to ask him if he needed a lift up the hill. And then I noticed one tiny detail. It had no face. Oh my word, that just is so frightening. Absolutely. The hat, the coat and even the scarf knotted at the throat were plain to see in the bright red brake lights. But where the face should have been was nothing but darkness. Oh, I mean, it could be that it was just a casting of shadow, but it, uh, no, it can't be because well, it was reflected well, that's by just the what everybody lights. thought. That's what everybody thought. Well, surely it was, well, did he have a mask on or, you know, like a balaclava or something like that? And, yeah. But he said, no, it was because, so bright right. with the brake, it was just nothing there. I have to say, if you had a balaclava on, that would be quite terrifying as well. That's not, that doesn't mean <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be reassured, <laughs> reassured by that, would you? <laughs> That's right. So above the hat and below the scarf was simply nothing at all. Well, what did Caring Tim do? Did he did he did he give it a lift? Whatever this thing was, or well, really frustratingly, it doesn't say. We can only guess. What do you mean? Well, there it doesn't say. That was it. That was all that was that quoted. Was, that was all that was quoted in both oh. uh, the Fourteen Times and also the, another book that I picked up. The same story. So, Tim, if you're listening, please do contact us at the Spooky Tales Podcast at gmail.com to let us know what happened next. And we think you're caring. 
We do. So we, we're open to this. How is that? So this, the faceless thing isn't rare at all then? No, apparently not. There was another case in Cardiff, the fabulous capital city of Wales. I remember going there. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Just if you were going to ask me. It was a good time there, yes. Um, where two faceless women have been seen at the castle. Ooh. Also, a 12-year-old boy wearing short trousers and a peaked cap. However... Apart from an oval outline, there was no face under the cap. Oh, my word. And in another case near Birmingham in central England, a case from the late 1800s where a woman saw the face of a man which was, and I quote again, a mere blob of flesh devoid of any features. God, that just sounds terrifying, doesn't it? It does, yes. Now, interestingly... The house was said to have been owned in 1829 by a man who supplied medical students with human bodies. So this is the, the mere blob of flesh place yes, in Birmingham. that's right. And at the time it was noticed that sun people were seen to enter the house with the owner but were never seen to leave it again. They entered with a face, I take it. Well, yes. Yes, OK. The list goes on. A man seen in St Michael's Church in Wiltshire, a county in southwest England, whose face was a featureless grey blank, and where the eyes should have been were sunken dark shadows. Oh, my word. A 14-year-old girl at Crawley train station in Sussex, South England, saw a man whose features were lost in a whitish-grey appearance. She could not see eyes or any other features except for the nose. Oh, you really are. Just a nose floating along in a whitish-grey mist. That would be weird. Very weird. And a man who had no facial features who jumped out at a man who was driving on the road from Long Stanton to Bar Hill in Cambridgeshire in 1999. Oh, my word! That's not far from us. I know. He probably wanted a lift to Tesco's. Although at the moment it'd be a real nightmare because there's so many roadworks around. Oh, yeah. You'd yeah. actually just be able to, oh, God, that'd be oh, even worse. Can you imagine being stuck in roadworks and that leapt out in front of you? <gasps> you wouldn't be able to get away. So why are there so many faceless ghosts? Well, a theory was put forward by... Forward. Forward. It's in the country now. <laughs> so it's, as soon as I mention West Country... <laughs> We should do a different accent per story. (laughs) Okay. A theory was put forward by Angela Jaffe, the last secretary to Carl Jung and his former patient. She wrote a book in 1963 called Apparitions, and in it she claims that there was a symbolic and psychological meaning. She thought that facelessness was a symbol of the potential inner development, the personality of the witness. I don't understand that at all. Well, as the article in the 14 Times goes on to say, and I quote again, her ideas are far from clear. I'm glad it said that, because I, that, it, I mean, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, not to me. <laughs> well, the article goes on to point out that her interest was likely to have been from an experience of the great man himself. Carl Jung was a disbeliever in ghosts until a trip to England changed his mind. Ooh, what happened? Well... He was staying in a house in Buckinghamshire, south of England, where, when lying in bed, he was alarmed to find next to him, on the pillow, the head of an old woman with her eye open and glaring at him. And I take it he didn't go to bed with this old woman? No, this was not someone he'd gone to bed with. Oh, my word. Well, the other thing was, of course, was that the left half of her face was missing below the eye. Oh, dearie me! Young 
spent the rest of the night with a candle in a chair next to the bed, contemplating the external and objective nature of events. Yeah, he just sat there going, oh my God, oh, oh, didn't he? Is that what you mean? That's what contemplating the external and objective nature of events is. Going, yes. oh, That's basically oh. a Jungian way of going, oh. <laughs> Now, it has been suggested that this is all down to prosophometamorphosia. Go on, say that again. Okay. Prosophometamorphosia. It is characterised by the inability to recognise faces. What? And they, they just see faceless people? Well, more like all faces look the same. Oh. That must be awful. Can you imagine that? I mean, how... Do you, how would you recognise your family? Is it clothes? Or, you, you know... It, oh, no. How yeah. would you, you recognise people? That would be horrible, wouldn't it? So, our next spooky tale is from a lady from Australia. Was going to have to work hard to beat the spooky faceless people. I think so. She begins by telling us that for as long as she can remember, they shared a house with unseen tenants. It's a lovely euphemism for ghosts, isn't <laughs> yes, it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> At first I just thought she meant they actually had tenants, but, you know, they just kept themselves to themselves. <laughs> the ideal tenant. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But no, she meant ghosts. And most of the time, it was just tricks to play. Things going missing and reappearing in different places. Things disappearing mid-air as they were thrown to a person on the other side of the room. Oh my word! Scaring the bejesus out of school friends and with levitating and spinning teapots, that sort of thing. Oh, it really frightened their friends. Yes. Uh, and just after one of them had said that ghosts don't exist oh as well. What? The lady had also, when home alone, heard the front door open, slam shut and heard voices. Well, that's not that weird. Well, exactly. So she was thinking it was a mother and sister. So she even had a conversation with them. But when she entered the hall, it was empty. Oh. And her mother and sister were nowhere to be seen. Oh, my word. They have also had the usual cold spots, smells, spectral figures stroking their sister's arm as they slept. No, no, that's not usual. Oh, my word. Dead friends turning up for a visit. Again, that not sort usual. Of thing. Yeah. Oh, my word. Well, that would be nice, you know. Yeah. In a kind of see them again. Odd kind of way, yes. <laughs> see them again. What oh. are you doing here? <laughs> I mean, the spectral figures stroking your yeah. arm. Yeah, they could do without that. It was never threatening, though, and no one ever sensed violence, except on two occasions. And God, one, one was enough for me, I would imagine. <laughs> well, one was when they all saw a, a short form, about the size of a cat or dog, moving around the house, and they all had the sense of unease about I'm it. I'm not surprised. I would do. One night... They were awoken by an enormous crash in the lounge and a woman screaming, Get out of my house! Oh, no, dearie me. Well, everyone raced down to see what was going on, thinking yeah. it might be the other in trouble. Yeah. To find nothing. God, they really were quite noisy, these unseen tenants. Absolutely. No screaming women. Nothing had been broken or was out of place. Oh, my word. After that night, though... They never saw the short scurrying figure again. They reasoned that one of the unseen tenants had evicted the little monster. Well, okay, that sounds as likely or as unlikely as any other <laughs> idea that they've got. But okay, they're determined to think well of this. I like them for that. They are, absolutely. So the other time that they felt uneasy was when, for a joke, the lady said that it would be interesting to have a medium over to, to the house to see how many spirits they had and what their names and history were. Sounds reasonable, unless there was something they didn't want anything to know about, of course. 
Well, funny you should say that because the next morning she had had four bright red claw marks raked from her shoulders down her back. Ouch! Well, that's the other odd thing. They didn't hurt, even though it looked so savage. The lady remembered her jokey comment and apologised profusely, saying she had only been fooling around. She promised never to make that sort of silly comment again. And do you know what? No, what? Within 20 minutes, the marks had completely vanished. Well, I don't, well, that was nice of them. But at the same time, I mean, I love her attitude, but gosh, seemed to be an awful lot going on there. Yes, indeed. This next tale is from Brian Holloway, who co-hosted a paranormal show that aired in Gibraltar although he has since moved to the UK and now streams live on YouTube on a Wednesday night. Well, now I know what to do on a Wednesday night. Well, I don't know what else. I can, I can watch Brian. Brian Holloway. Yes. yes. So since moving back to the UK, Brian decided to develop some apps for use in the paranormal field. Apps? What sort of apps? Ghost hunting apps? Yes. I didn't realise you could hunt ghosts with an app. Oh, there are billions of them. Really? Yeah, some are like a sort of set of tools. Uh, One, ghost hunting tools, has an EMF meter. Go on, EMF? Electromagnetic field. All right, okay. It measures electromagnetic field fluctuations in the environment. Well, okay, and that's a sign that there are ghosts about? Well, yes. As they walk around, it makes the fields wobble or fluctuate. So how does it work? Well, ghosts push the EMF about as they walk around, which makes the field wobble or fluctuate. You don't know, do you? No, no, I haven't a clue. But as well as the EMF meter, there is an EVP detector, which picks up static. But in the static, you can hear ghostly voices, which sometimes answer the questions you ask. Now, I've heard of the EVP, haven't there? There's been films with that. Isn't yes. that the spooky stuff? Oh, I've yeah. had to have watched some stuff. And, the, and uh, Art Bell. There's been oh, people on Art yes. Bell uh, with, uh, with that sort Art of Art Bell is a radio presenter that we listen to a lot. And he was... Oh, he's, he's passed, passed on. Now. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, but he was amazing. He had lots of interviews with these. Yes, exactly. So if we had an EVP detector, we could ask what a, an EMF was and... And get a better answer than what you go, basically. Well, most probably, yes. They're not difficult to do that, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) Hardest give worse. (laughs) Yes. So, although it might be difficult to decipher, as all the static sometimes means you only hear it once someone tells you what it actually says, and then you can't hear it in in any way. You can only hear it as they've just told you. So, my favourite one... App. My favourite app, yes. I thought you were going to say my favourite thing I've heard in static. (laughs) Yeah, my favourite app is one called Ghost Radar Spirit Detector, ah, which name. not only tells you where the spirit is, Handy. but allows you to exchange messages with it. So like WhatsApp for ghosts or something <laughs> like that. Well, that's what it says. Uh, there's also the Ghost Detector Plus. It tells you if it's a ghost or an elemental and everything. You really want one, don't you? I do. Uh, well, I'm tempted, but after reading this story, I think I might give it a miss. So go on then. What happened? Well, Brian was very careful to point out that whoever was thinking of using his app needed to be very, very careful as some bad things were happening. Well, that's actually like using Twitter, isn't it? Bad, <laughs> bad things are happening there. Yes. One professional team used the app during an investigation they were doing. And as soon as they started using the app, the whole atmosphere of the investigation changed. The voices they were getting through the app were very dark, even menacing. What sort of messages? Messages like, 
die, you. Oh dear, that's not very nice. No, not at all. Some members of the group were not happy. Don't blame them. I don't blame them either. And decided to leave the investigation as it was becoming more and more threatening. Yeah. Well, when Brian got to hear of this, he was concerned and decided to test his app more thoroughly. Very wise. I can't believe he didn't test it more thoroughly to begin with, but there we go. Yeah, yeah, you would do, wouldn't you? Yes. Mind you, he did warn them. Um, Yeah, no, no. (laughs) So shortly after this, he used the app on a live stream he was doing with a friend of his. Yeah, there's testing and then there's (laughs) there's using it on a live stream, isn't it? With a friend of his, So his friend used his app, or the naughty app as they called it. Oh, yes. And Brian used another, more gentle app. The naughty app very quickly started getting messages. They obviously were not good as his friends started to panic and had to take a t- and had to take time out to calm himself down. Brian wanted some answers. I want some answers. So asked his more gentle app yes. what was happening with his friend. And the app replied, It's there. It's going to hurt him. This is the gentle app. Yeah. His friend then found that he had a giant bruise on his back, which was in such a position that he could never have self-inflicted it should he have been so inclined. From Brian's point of view, this was proof that both apps worked pretty much the same, but the app that he had developed hurt people. Oh. It didn't stop there, though. Oh, no. After this test, weird things started to happen. One night in his bedroom, his wife noticed something odd on the wardrobe doors, which were mirrors. Yeah, no, I don't like wardrobe doors that are mirrors. Well, no. There were two large handprints. The handprints weren't from a man or woman. They were at least twice the size of a normal handprint. Oh, dearie me! Well, that's odd enough, but the handprints only had three fingers. Oh, giving me the shivers. And Brian worked out that the only way the handprints could have been made on the mirror was that whatever it was must have been on the inside of the wardrobe. Oh, dearie me. Oh, dearie me. Oh, look, I've got shivers. That's pretty creepy, isn't it? So whatever it was was inside the wardrobe at some time. I mean, I mean... You know, yeah. that day That's kind right. of thing. So That's what right. was it? Did they find out? Well, not long after, Brian was on another investigation with another friend using the app again. All right, the naughty app. Yes. I'm not sure about those names. Well, Brian had taken uh, a picture of the handprint on the mirror door and showed it to his friend. And then what did his friend think it was? Well, she didn't know either and said, well, what's that? Yeah. Immediately, the app replied on Brian's behalf. It said, David... Who's David? Well, David is something that appears in some way in every investigation that Brian does, since it first appeared on one of his ghost trail shows that Brian did some years before. It is very negative and has a menacing presence. So the, the weird hand, the weird handprint thing was David. So that's what it was saying. That's what the app was saying. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Anyway, his friend, instead of being spooked by David and weird handprints, got very interested. I'm spooked. I'm yeah. not interested. Well, I am interested, but at the same time, I am spooked. I'm very spooked. Anyway, Brian tried to warn her not to go there. Don't go there, he said. <laughs> as, he, as David is not someone that he could uh, that, that uh, she could trust. Don't, you can't trust David. No. Don't go there. You can't trust David. Is that what happened? I think that's, that must have been exactly how he said it. Yeah. However, she was that didn't work because no. she was uh, she was determined and she said yeah. that you know it's okay. I've had some weird stuff happen to me. I'll be all right. So we could we could role play that right now. Said no, don't go there. It's okay. I've had some weird stuff happen to me. It's going to be all right. Oh. 
Yeah, Brian warned her once again not to go no. there and definitely do not disrespect David in any way or things would not go well for her. So did she back off this friend? Uh, she nope. sounds feisty. She sounds yeah. feisty. Well, fair play to that. But uh, no, she thought she knew better. She yeah. had gone home and asked out loud about David and then started to critique him and wind him up. Why? Why? Why would you do that, strange friend? Why? <laughs> I know. Well, Strange, crazy person. Well, she got a bit of a shock as there was an almighty bang as if someone had set off a firework next to her. Oh dear, that doesn't sound good, does it? Well, it got worse. She lives in a flat... And in the flat above live two army types and a single man lives in the flat below. Two army types? Did you mean army blokes or army types? When I say army, no, I didn't mean army types. Army, sort of burly army types. The next day, she was pottering around in her flat when she heard screaming coming from the upstairs flat. She rushed up to see what was going on, only to find the two army types gibbering and shaking from head to foot. They were watching TV when a strange and ominous feeling came over the room. And then they saw it. What? What did they see? What did they see? They saw a seven-foot shadow across the wall, which then came to stop in front of the television. Oh, my word! The thing that they remembered the most was it only had three fingers. What? That's the thing they remembered the most? (laughs) A seven-foot shadow? And the thing you remember the most is it's three fingers. Well, I'm with the army types. That's what I'd remember. Is it? <laughs> Absolutely. You always check out the fingers. Well, Quick, it's check just, out the fingers. It's really weird. Though, oh, well, it, it is. <laughs> A seven foot shadow isn't weird. Well, yes, <laughs> but on the scale of weirdness, it's all weird. Shadows, yeah, and then three fingers. That's just you know. No. Okay. Seven foot shadow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was David. Was that David? Yes. And then later on. She blacked out. Oh dear. Which was not normal for her. It scared her. So she went to get it checked out at hospital. And on her return to her flat, she bumped into the person from downstairs who asked how she was. Yeah. And she said that she had been to hospital, but they could find nothing wrong. Right. He then told her what had happened to him. Oh my word. Something had happened to him as well. What? Well, he had been in his flat quietly going about his business. Then the next thing he remembers, he's standing in the bathroom with no idea how he got there. Well, that doesn't sound too odd. I mean, you can drive to work and not remember driving there, can't you? True, except that the mirror and the bathroom cabinet were smashed to pieces. Oh my God! And and they think it must have been David. Did he? Did he possess him or something? Well, possibly. Or he could have been a nutpack, I suppose. But there is another friend who also wanted to use the app. And no, why would anybody use this app? I have no idea. And again, Brian warned her about. Uh, this and that it was dangerous and that she should not but if she did that she was likely to come across David who was not to be mocked or disrespected in any way or she would regret it I'm thinking don't use the app I mean please don't tell me she did anything stupid did she mock him what, you mean like using the app to mock and wind up David? Oh yes, that's exactly what she did. Oh, okay. Oh, what happened to her? Well, she awoke the next morning to find that her back and her ribs were very, very sore and the pain was getting worse. Oh dear. So, well, she lived with her mum, so asked her if she could have a look at her back to see if she could see anything. Her mum went white with shock as down one side of her back, yeah. it was black. Oh dear. It wasn't like normal bruising, it was black black. Oh dear. But there was a large three-fingered handprint on her back as well. Oh my gosh. She discovered that she also had two cracked ribs and severe (gasps) internal bruising when she went to hospital. Oh my word. That's horrific. So okay two questions come to mind here. 
Number one, what was David doing? How, why was David doing all this? And how was he doing all it? And how was he coming through an app? And two, why is Brian not deleting this app and never ever letting anyone use it again and not saying to people, yes, you can use the app, but whatever you do, don't contact David. Well, I think David just comes through, but these are good questions. Brian, I think, believes that as long as you respect David, it'll be okay. No, I don't think so. I don't think so, Brian. I don't think that sounds good. If somebody's, if, a, if an app, what? Yeah, and, no. and, but these people were, you know, basically, I think he might have been thinking, well, I did warn you and you did disrespect and mocked him. So what do you expect? Well, no. That's, I mean, severe internal bruising. I know, but that could be, yes, there's a, there's a duty of care thing here, isn't there? Yes, Brian, I'm sorry. Yes. Well, one night, Brian was using an SLS Connect camera in his own flat. Okay, what's an SLS Connect camera? It's a structured light sensor camera with the ability to track skeletal movement, and it has a night vision using the built-in infrared light matrix. <laughs> it's like you've just read the uh, descriptions off Wikipedia there, my love. Well, it was the website, yeah. was that, okay, okay, so what does it actually do? I, I don't really know. No. <laughs> 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 but funny enough, it looks like one of those Kinect cameras from a PlayStation that someone sort of attached an infrared camera box to well, it. I don't remember that. Kinect camera from a PlayStation. Yeah, do you know, remember? Because it tracks your movement as you sort of hit, oh, hit people like with a tennis bar, racket. Oh, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. yes, that's right. Oh, yeah, no, I see what you mean. Oh, right, okay, yes. Yeah, so it's, it's basically, it looks just like one of those and someone sort of attached another sort of infrared box to it. Oh, right, okay. Uh, and it can track body heat and body movement, or in this case ghost movements Ooh. yes it's used by ghost hunters and as a snip at about 300 quid yeah i'm not convinced do you remember they were really bad because you could just easily slip out of the way of those connect things well i know no, i don't remember that yeah. oh, okay yeah. well i'm not convinced either uh, any brian is okay. and when using this one night he saw a shadowy figure appear above the dining room table All right okay brian using his app asked if the figure was david which the reply came back as yes god no so, Brian used this opportunity to ask him some questions. No, Brian! He asked why he hurt people, and David replied through the app that it was because he can. Oh, just, I mean, I mean, doesn't that tell you? Yes. Don't muck up, don't, don't deal with this kind of stuff. Yes, and that's when something strange oh, happened. So, so, something stranger happened. <laughs> like, something yes. stranger. Something more peculiar. Well... Brian, through the SLS Connect camera, saw three people, two male and one female, sitting at the dinner table. Oh, my word. So they they weren't there when you looked at them without, you know, without looking through the camera, but they were there if you looked at them through the camera. Right, OK. So Brian asked them, via the app, of course, what they were doing there, and they replied that they couldn't leave through the portal that David was guarding, and he wouldn't let them through. Yeah, so... Yeah. Well, Brian turns mediator at this point and asks David... Through the app? Yeah, through his app. He asks David why he won't let them through. David replies, it's because he is the gatekeeper. Do you know, we're not having this app. No, I've, I've decided definitely not on this one. Brian did not think this was fair. No, no. And told David that he had no right to keep them in his dining room when they wanted to get through the portal. What portal? I mean, it just is... They're well, just... What? Okay. Well, Brian then said to the figures sitting around his table that David had no hold over them. And this emboldened the two male ghosts who whipped through the portal as quick as you like. How did he know they were male ghosts? Um. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> there is an obvious answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who didn't say. <laughs> um, one had 
No, 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 don't start. Don't start with long things, love. Okay. Anyway, moving on. They, he just knew. <laughs> he just knew. He, 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 he goes through a camera. He just knew. He just knew. <laughs> okay. <laughs> David continued to stop the female from leaving, saying that, and I quote, well, although I might have to use these quotes a bit loosely here, she is mine. All right. And after further, well, I don't mean, yeah. And after further questioning, it turns out that Brian's flat is a multi-portal dimensional space with up to 70 ghosts coming and going a day. <laughs> I feel like we all need to take a breath for that. <laughs> yes. A multi-portal... Multi- multi-portal dimensional space with up to 70 ghosts coming and going per day. God, I bet that wasn't on the estate agent's particulars yes. when they got that. <laughs> Quite. However, Brian was able to start seeing them, inverted commas, yes. with the SLS Cadet camera. Brian had had enough and decided to ask who and what exactly David was. Yeah, and now he was. Well, yes. he knows he's the gatekeeper. Uh, well, it's exactly. But it was then that Brian got the most chilling answer he had ever had from any of his paranormal investigations. Why? Who did David say he was? When Brian asked who was David, the answer came back very clearly and it said, I am you. What? What, the, the, the letter U? No, that that David was Brian. That's right, that David was Brian. Yes, it turns out that David was a manifestation of all Brian's negative, pent-up anger and rage, which, as you can imagine, really did his head in. I mean, not all of it. I just, all of it is just, okay, yes. Again, I need to take a breath. That was, uh... So that's it? Yeah. And what happened to David and, 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 and Brian? Well, Brian... Well, he's what? still doing his Wednesday night shows. With his app? On YouTube. With his arm? Well, I don't know. I haven't, no. I haven't listened in, to be honest. No, I don't think I want to. No. So, so, that's the end of another spooky tale. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this spooky tale. We look forward to being with you again next time. Please do tell us your spooky tales, either in the YouTube comments or... Via email, which is thespookytalespodcast at gmail.com. And come and follow us on Instagram at thespookytalespodcast. Or why not visit us on our Facebook page at Spooky Tales. Thanks again. Until next time. Bye. Bye.